welcome back to another installment of New Books and Poetry's month-long celebration of the chapbook, Chapbook of Palooza. I am your host, Jen Fitzgerald. Alexis Roan Fancher is the author of State of Grace, The Joshua Elegies, from KYSO Flash Press in 2015, and How I Lost My Virginity to Michael Cohen and Other Heartstab Palms, from Sybaritic Press in 2014. You can find her work in Rattle, The MacGuffin, Ragazine, Chiron Review, Slipstream, Fjords Review, and elsewhere. Her photographs are published worldwide. Since 2013, she's been nominated for three Pushcart Prizes and two Best of the Net Awards. She is poetry editor of Cultural Weekly. Find out more at AlexisRoanFancher.com. Welcome, Alexis. Hi, thank you, Jen. So I would like to start this interview with a poem to give our listeners an idea of what we will be discussing Would you please read Never Forget Why Your Wrist Throbs on page 34? Yes. Never forget why your wrist throbs. Look, when the insurance runs out, the ulna sets itself. That clutch at the railing tumble down two flights of Victorian stairs, babe in arms, your wrist eagerly sacrificed to save him. Twenty-some years later, After the boy gets cancer and dies, your body remembers, hoards its wounds like a black hole, your right wrist thicker than your left, that knobby protrusion, a talisman you rub while the blame feeds on itself. Even now you know his death was your fault. Even now your body yearns for him, the arthritic ache, that pulses an image of his face, a supernova each time it rains. Thank you. Uh, The poems and subject matter of this chapbook are incredibly difficult. When did you start giving yourself permission to write these pieces, and were you writing toward a collection? Uh, These poems came slowly. I wrote 14 elegies over eight years Uh, I think they form a sort of roadmap of my grief. My son died in September of 2007, and I wrote the first poem, a prose poem, uh, Supermarket and State of Grace, in January of 2008. Four years later, I wrote the next poem over it, uh, which was a reaction to a friend's asking me two weeks after my son died if I was over it yet. Hmm. So I asked her, if your daughter had died two weeks ago, would you be over it yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never forget the horrified look on her face. So this conversation stood in my brain for four years, and then I gave myself permission to write over it, and it was published in Rattle in 2013. Mm-hmm. So um, over the eight years when you've created the, the 14 Elegies, um, are they what we see in the collection now? Have you continued to write? It's a funny thing. When I had the even dozen, uh, which was sort of what I was going for, I thought, you know, people said, is this going to be a book? And I said, well, and then I sort of told myself, you know, if once you have a dozen, you you can look at publishing and then, uh, I made sure all of them were published somewhere before I thought of publishing them, and I kept giving myself hoops to jump through. Um, I realize now because 
publishing them is a huge ordeal. Mm-hmm. And I think I was trying to keep myself from that. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to hear another poem. Could you please read Snow Globe on page 29? Snow Globe. Despair arrived, disguised his nine pounds of ashes in a velvet bag, worried so often between my fingers that wear marks now stain the fabric. Is it wrong to sift the remains of my dead son, bring my ashen finger to my forehead, make the mark of the penitent above my eyes? His eyes, the brown of mine, the smooth of his skin like mine. Unless I look in the mirror, I can't see him. Better he'd arrived as a snow globe, a small figure standing alone at the bottom of his cut-short beauty. Give him a shake and watch his life float by. Thank you. Um, Please talk to us a little about your process um, and how you create enough psychic distance to render these memories into verse. I think I'm going to answer that in two parts. Um, As far as my process... um, You'll find me in my studio at the computer with a cup of coffee every day, sometimes 5.30, but definitely by 6 in the morning. I write in the morning. Um, I like the quiet, and I have maybe six poems going at any one time uh, in different stages of completion about, you know, all sorts of different things. Um, I write in the morning. I edit in the afternoon uh, with an editor. Uh, most poems go through six or eight drafts, some as many as 15, before she and I agree that they're ready to send out. Um, as far as the second part of your question about distancing myself, um, I think it's the opposite. I create a psychic closeness uh, as my way into a poem. For me, unless I let the memories flood into me and, and write about the really hard stuff, um I'm not going where I need to go. I'm not saying anything new or worthwhile. Um, and I think that when I think about it, it goes back to being a trained actor. That's my um, education. Um, and I think I use the Stanislavski sense memory techniques to go back into those moments, mm-hmm. um, kind of like writing about them from the inside. For me, that's the right process. Um, the distancing begins after the poems are completed, like when I read them to an audience. Mm-hmm. The poets I love to read uh, are storytellers, poets like Dorian Locks, Sharon Olds, Tony Hoagland, Ellen Bass. Um, I want to do what they do. Um, I want to have that moment of shared experience where my reader connects and feels and somewhere in Somalia a woman is reading my poem and totally understands and we're the same woman Mm. I want that yeah um, I think that that's one of the amazing things about poetry is its ability to tap into something that goes beyond words and straight to experience I agree so for our final poem would you please read when you think you're ready to pack up your grief on page 40 
This was the next to the last poem I wrote. Um, you asked me if, you know, I thought I was done with the collection at any point. And once I thought I was done, um, two, three more poems came in a rush and I sent them to my publisher and she said, no, 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 they have to be in the book. So this is one of those. Uh, it's called When You Think You're Ready to Pack Up Your Grief. Begin with his letterman's jacket. Bundle it together with regret. Stack sorrow on top of his class ring, interspersed with his hip-hop CDs. Loneliness should not be smoothed over the heart, nor childhood drawings folded in on themselves. Don't tuck his senior portrait in the side pocket. Lay it beside delicate items like feelings face down. Place tissue paper on top. Use additional layers to fold the last of him in reverie so it is engulfed. Use this approach for your own heartbreak. When friends ask to help, don't spread the grief around. Keep it for yourself. When the suitcase won't close, don't sit on it. Don't even try to shut it. Thank you. Um, Are there any parting thoughts that you would like to leave with our readers who are about to purchase your book and uh, read it for the first time? Well, um, I think that all life has tragedy. I think that the best that we can do is learn from tragedy um, and maybe have some sort of shared joy in overcoming it and um, living for those who aren't living anymore. And I hope that I've shared some of that joy as well as the heartbreak in my book. You certainly have. And I thank you for sharing your work and for your bravery. Thank you. This is Jen Fitzgerald with New Books and Poetry, reminding you to support all the arts, but especially poetry. Poetry.